superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. It is another Rich Eisenless edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Tom Pellicero. Happy to be here and happy to announce, as T.J. Jefferson pointed out first thing this morning, uh, I raided Rich's wardrobe for day two. <laughs> nice. I got I quite go, a bit buddy. of flack yesterday uh, from some of my NFL Network colleagues really? about wearing a shirt jacket, which I guess around here is called a shacket. Is that a term? <laughs> so I was getting flack for the shacket. It's a flack shacket. Because you went shirt but no button. You didn't button it up. You just went hey, white it wasn't tee buttoned. underneath. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it's a zipper. It's, oh. it's much more jacket than shirt. I thought I thought it was a shirt. I thought you were just going super cash. This is the problem. Yeah. So now I thought it was up. a jacket and a t-shirt. I found this down the hall in the green room. I'm just saying, I Tom. I'm going to do it. Surprise yeah, it fits. I, one thing I was worried about when I heard you were going to co-host, I was like, I hope Tom doesn't come in stunting on us. And then you came in yesterday, you were a little casual. I was like, yeah. all right. I turned the corner today, man. And I was Boom. like, wait a minute. When did... I didn't know a GQ shoot was going on in the yeah. studio today. Look at you, He's man. Look at all types up. of flies. All right, tomorrow, tank top, <laughs> jorts, and gold chain flip flops. I think that'll handle it here. Well, feller are like that <laughs> part, the flip flop part. Happy <laughs> to have you guys here, TJ Jefferson, what of up, course, man? over there. Smooth, bro. We'll, talk, we'll talk some Cowboys for you today. Well, as we should. So Mike McCarthy, we? it's a big game. We like greatness around here, right? Your favorite coach, 59 years old, coach of the year candidate. He should get that trophy. Is he? Why isn't he? Coach of the Year candidate? Mike I mean, McCarthy? They kept the thing on the track with Cooper Rush. See, the thing about him, Tom, is when things go wrong. You mean me? Him? No, no, no. Not you. I'm just saying <laughs> oh. in general. When things go wrong, everyone wants to pile on Mike. But like oh. things have been going pretty well. If you notice, no one's given this man any credit. That's exactly it. You know? So. Well, and that's that's been Mike's whole career is everyone saying it's Brett Favre, it's Aaron Rodgers, it's all these other factors. Maybe Mike's a, a really good football coach. Maybe he does know how to build a program. I mean, the Packers weren't very good with Brett Favre before he got there, and Aaron Rodgers wasn't very good before Mike took over and started developing him in the quarterback school, and that's not to take anything away from two of the greatest quarterbacks of my lifetime. Yeah. Just to say, you don't accidentally we've, seen good co- we've seen really good quarterbacks with bad coaches yeah. not have success and be bad teams. Mike had a pretty good run there in Green Bay where he heads back this week. We'll talk more about that as the show rolls on here. Chris Brockman, thank you for being here. Tom, great to be here, man. What's happening? <laughs> I don't know why that was just an extremely creepy hello. Well, the mustache is not helping. It's the mustache. Yeah, the mustache is not helping. Mustache. Shout out Movember. Uh, He's all, hating it, but I think That's all it. I got. And Mike I don't Del even Tufo, know why I'm doing it. I just, I just started doing it. Mike Del Tufo looks different today. <laughs> Younger. Jason Feller. Little little thinner. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. Uh, we got a packed show. That's Ian Rappaport um, <laughs> made it very clear that he had to come on the show as long as I was hosting. Really? You guys are packing um, still? The second best NFL insider at NFL Network. So we look <laughs> yes. forward to talking about everything that's going on. Yeah. Uh, Number two is not a bad place to be. No, know? that's what I tell him all the time. And he's, he's about yay high. So it's, uh, he's not tall. it's appropriate. No, he's not. <laughs> 
We, we get them a box if we need to. Uh, Dave Doran, <laughs> NC State football coach. They're coming off a big win over Wake Forest. He's got the first true freshman starting since Phillip Rivers wow. right now because he, he lost a legitimate NFL prospect at quarterback. Was going back and forth between a couple of different quarterbacks. That, that true freshman looked pretty good uh, last weekend. Also, Harrison Smith, guy I've known a long time, Vikings safety. Uh, one of the good guys in the league, now one of the oldest safeties in the league, though I won't mention Crazy. that to him because he might uh, might knock me down next time I see him. Yeah, you don't uh, Minnesota 7-1. and one. Crazy. They're no, about to go to Buffalo at 7-1. and one, no And maybe facing their old buddy Case Keenum, depending what uh, what takes place with Josh Allen, did not practice yesterday, dealing with that UCL strain. There's so much going on right now uh, across the NFL that really has nothing to do with the games on the field. <laughs> uh, l- let's start with, um, you know, Jeff Saturday talked again. Colts interim head coach. It was great. You know what I'm starting <laughs> to think, guys? Every day is Saturday. <laughs> Every day, we're going to have a Jeff Saturday segment Saturday. on this show, at least Saturday. as long as I'm here. Can Saturday. we hear a little bit what Jeff Saturday said yesterday right. in defending himself getting this interim coaching <laughs> opportunity? Here's the deal. Everybody talks about my, I'm completely comfortable in who I am as a man, bro. I know I can lead men. I know I know the game of football and I'm passionate about it. I have no fear about, are you as qualified as somebody else, bro? I spent 14 years in a locker room. I went to the playoffs 12 times. I had, I got five dudes in the Hall of Fame that I play with. You don't think I've seen greatness? You don't think I've seen how people prepare, how they coach, how they GM, how they work? I mean, won Super Bowls, been to two, like, here's the deal, man. None of us are promised a good job. I may be terrible at this. And after eight games, I'll say, God bless you. I am no good. I may be really good at it. I got no idea. But I dang sure ain't going to back down. I can tell you that. I mean, listen, if life ain't an adventure, it ain't for nothing. You know, it, it ain't for me. I'm ready to go do this. I, I take a challenge head on. And I know. And listen, everybody can say whatever they want. And I, I appreciate that. But from my perspective, when I was asked, you know, they said, hey, we're following every rule at the end of the season. You aren't promised anything. Perfect. Let, let's go with that, and, and, and I'll move forward. I have no fear if I'm no good. And Mr. Ursay looks at me and goes, hey, we appreciate you. Thanks for stepping in. Man, job well done. I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. It was good news for Jeff. Uh, people are saying whatever they want. I'm <laughs> <laughs> getting the interim head coaching opportunity here. I, I appreciate the honesty. Yep. Always. I mean, yeah, he might, he might not be any good at this. We have no idea since he has no experience and no real qualifications outside of being a really good player. And again, we talked about this yesterday. I I get it. We see it in other sports where you can walk in as a former player and somebody who people just respect and you kind of figure out all the other stuff. Football is more complicated. There's more to it. Baseball managers, you walk in, what's the worst that can happen? The general manager hands you the card. Here's how we're going to play every hitter. Here's what your lineup is today. And you go, all right, boys. There we go. Go get them. We got it. And then about the seventh <laughs> inning, you're like, I think the pitchers, they throw too many pitchers. Okay, uh, yeah, that's it. That's, it. That, that's the job. There's <laughs> only so much you can do. You know, basketball even, there's, there's strategy. I understand that there's strategy in basketball, but it's, it's not as... At the end of the game, it's like, give LeBron the ball, move. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. ISO play in football. All yeah, right, yeah. you 10 guys we'll, stand we'll just, over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just going to give the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan, just run through everybody <laughs> and make it happen. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. I mean, Jeff also talked yesterday about just trying to figure out. He said something along the lines of, you know, I'm, I'm new here and I don't really know what's going on. We fired our play callers from last, you know, the offense coordinator and then the play caller, Frank Reich. So I just got here. I got to figure this out. Yeah. 
That's why most people don't try to do this. And, and we'll see. They may well go out there and they may beat the Raiders. And everybody may be saying this is, this is, now, this is now genius. It doesn't change the fact of the, the surrealness of watching these press conferences. And Jeff Saturday just kind of filling it out before our very eyes. Uh, speaking of surreal... There was also uh, some new developments with the Commanders. There's a press conference scheduled starting in 52 minutes in Washington, D.C. It is District of, of Columbia Attorney General Carl A. Racine, who announced yesterday that he is making a major announcement related to the Washington Commanders. The Commanders responded a couple of times yesterday. Here was the, the initial response in a statement from a team spokesperson less than three months ago, a 23-year-old player on our team was shot multiple times in broad daylight. Despite out-of-control violent crime in D.C., today the Washington Commanders learned for the first time on Twitter that the D.C. Attorney General will be holding a press conference to make a major announcement related to the organization tomorrow. The Commanders have fully cooperated with the AG's investigation for nearly a year. As recently as Monday, a lawyer for the team met with the AG who did not suggest at that time that he intended to take any action and, in fact, revealed fundamental misunderstandings of the underlying facts. Uh, That statement went over as well as you would think, including with uh, Brian Robinson's agent, who had to say that up until this point, the commanders had handled everything very well. Mind you, there have been arrests made now in that case because the D.C. police have been investigating. Here was the follow-up statement hours later from team president Jason Wright, I just spoke with Chief Conti conveying how much we support the work of the MPD, as well as public safety leaders and elected officials working to reduce gun violence and crime across the region. The earlier statement expressed our external counsel's ongoing frustration. It was those guys with the attorney general's <laughs> office, as they have been nothing but earnest and transparent in their communications with his team. The lawyer's legitimate frustrations with the AG should have been separate and apart from referencing the terrible crime that affected our player. My understanding is Jason Wright took it upon himself to put out the second statement because, yeah, why would you not uh, at that point to try to walk certain things back? You count on the police to work your games, among other things, to impugn the legal process. May not be the greatest uh, idea at this particular stage as the district attorney gets set to announce something today and we'll talk about it again less than a an hour from now. But the listen, I am far from the person to judge a media relations strategy of being a team spokesperson. And there's not a harder job, I would say, in sports, all of sports, than PR for the Washington Commanders <laughs> or whatever their name is at that particular <laughs> moment. And there have been a lot of people who have cycled through that job. Uh, They just hired a new person, Jean Medina, who's got a lot of experience. I met her when I was at the game last weekend with the Vikings. She's very knowledgeable, has has been through a lot. I don't know that anything fully prepares you for the onslaught of what takes place when you're associated with a team that is being investigated or and your owner being investigated by the NFL on multiple counts, by the district attorney, by Congress, and... At the same time, you have statements coming from different areas of the organization that do not entirely line up. The vibe I get off of it is, you remember the movie Thank You for Smoking? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's Aaron Eckhart. I think his, the character's name is Nick Naylor, and he's the chief spokesman for the tobacco industry. And it's basically, how do you take something that at this point we know kills you? Right. 
and spin it in a positive way. The commanders aren't going to kill you. Being a fan is I mean, probably not. <laughs> I'm sure there's a few fans who would disagree with that yeah. statement I know, I know. <laughs> over the years. But attack. it's it, you're trying to thread that needle of, hey, we now slap that warning on the back. Hey, this, this is pretty bad for you. You should still try it out. But the commanders, <laughs> everything is framed of, hey, we know things were really bad for a long period of time. Okay, yes, there was a culture of sexual harassment and intimidation, and the, we've been accused of a lot of stuff, and the owner's been accused of a lot of stuff. Those, most of those people are gone. We fixed it. We are now the example of diversity and equity that the whole world should should buy into. So just just try us out. We're the Washington Commanders. <laughs> just give it a shot. Go Commander. And, and we'll see what the what the um, the charges end up being if there in fact are some type of charges from the Attorney General today. But again, unresolved NFL investigations that are ongoing. Mary Jo White, actually former U.S. Attorney, is the one uh, running those. If Daniel Snyder considering selling the team, all of that's happening at a time the commanders are going to go try to play a football game against the Eagles. Ron Rivera, from my understanding, I had to address the team this morning to explain. Think about this. You're the head coach. All right. This is one of your big rivals. You have to win this game. You had the Vikings down 10 last week. All right. You're, you're trying to stay in the playoff picture. You're trying to stay relevant. And you got to open up the meeting with. So about that statement. <laughs> That used our guy B-Rob here yeah. as a prop to deflect from charges about something that might be coming from the Attorney General today. That was wrong. We probably shouldn't have done that. Uh, all right, so back to red zone. <laughs> let's, let's work our way through this here. Uh, the first it's just, it's, these are things that only happen to the commanders. Right. You think back over, just in the past several years here, from a name change to fights on the sideline, to quarterback changes, to all the various controversies surrounding the owner and the organization, to the failed attempts to build a stadium because people can't stand the owner and don't want to give him public funding or put a stadium in D.C., given everything that's going on. People wonder why the on-field product isn't good. Yeah, they've got a ways to go, and they're still trying to figure out who their quarterback is, although they... Bless you, Brockman. Although they, <laughs> trying to do that without anybody hearing. Although the, the city loves fans, love Taylor Heineke, but you're you're still trying to get to you're still trying to figure things out here and figure out how you're going to try to win football games, and you got all this other stuff. The defensive coordinator making light of insurrection. There's a lot going on on a daily basis. These on. things don't happen elsewhere. It was a dust up. It was a dust up. It was a dust up. I'm well aware the stance on that any other team had a coach have to delete his twitter account after (laughs) talking about democracy anyone you think of any other team that's had to do that like this still only happens in washington it doesn't happen anywhere else and now i mean again buckle up 45 minutes away press conference wild guess we might have a statement from the team before the end of the show and we'll certainly Look forward to that. By the way, there's a game tonight. <laughs> kind of an, an important game. It may not it be is. the sexiest matchup, but it's two teams who are still kind of in the hunt for a division crown here. The Atlanta Falcons are tied for first place in the NFC South Bananas. as they visit the Panthers, who for everything going on there, far different level than the Washington situation, but for everything going on, firing the head coach, they fired two more assistant coaches this week. Steve Wilkes, who had the team playing very hard, by the way, in those in those next couple of games. They won a game, and then last week, it's just a 
abject failure against the Bengals. The starting quarterback has a 0.0 passer rating. Not good. But on a short week, if you beat the Falcons, and if the Bucks lose to Seahawks London, you are one game out <laughs> with th- Steve Wilkes three and, and P.J. Walker and Chubba Hubbard. I, it's... <laughs> We can't name any other players. That's that was Brian, <laughs> Burns. Brian Burns is still there. Steve Smith. Um, uh, we also get Jake Delome. Yeah. Jake Delome might, might dust him off. Vinny Testaverde. Greg Olson. Something happens. Pat they still got Baker Mayfield and Pat Sam Burns. Darnold. Mushin Muhammad. Mushin <laughs> Muhammad. <laughs> Baker Mayfield is going to be active as the backup tonight to PJ Walker. Why isn't he starting? The best you can tell. There's, I mean, there's multiple things going on. They thought P.J. Walker played very well in those first couple of starts. Again, last week did not go well. Right. But they want to give P.J. the opportunity because he played well the previous week. But Baker comes in the second half and has scored three touchdowns. Well, and, it's, and from my understanding, it's going to be short leash tonight. Okay. It's very much going to be, if they can't get this thing moving, Baker's going to get his opportunity. He definitely wants that opportunity. Uh, he, he didn't play the best, you know, early on in the season. Yeah. There's just a level of when you're Baker Mayfield and you've been beat up the way he was and playing through all the injuries last year, you understand it when maybe you're not the most comfortable in the pocket and you're not comfortable playing on time. And those were issues for the Carolina Panthers and for Baker Mayfield, which is why when he suffered the injury that he did, which was a high ankle sprain, it's a pretty significant injury. That may have kind of gotten them off the hook for what, what might have had to happen anyway okay. in terms of giving somebody else a shot and just letting it, things cool down. Baker's got a lot on the line. So does Sam Darnold. Yep. And we're going to see Sam Darnold, from what I'm told, at some point this season. He's now activated off IR. They will play him. They have to evaluate what they have, right? I mean, they, they turned gross. down a lot of picks <laughs> that they could have uh, taken for Brian Burns, which would have allowed them to go get the quarterback. They still should be in good position to go get a quarterback. But they want to know, what do we have in Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold for the rest of for the rest of this year? Because both guys are set to be free agents. They don't have a quarterback under contract, I don't believe, because I think P.J. Walker's on a one-year deal. They don't have a quarterback who's there right now who you know is going to be around in 2023, nor do you know the head coach. David Tepper, the owner, has made abundantly clear both externally and internally, that this is his number one priority is fixing the offense and getting the quarterback. That's why they made all the runs at Deshaun Watson. That's why they made the run at Matthew Stafford when the Lions were trading him. And that's why they eventually, you know, they traded for Sam Darnold at one point. Then this year they traded for Baker Mayfield. Mayfield on, on the very cheap in terms of both money and picks. But you're trying to figure out, do we have anything to work with here? Is there anything salvageable that we want to bring one of these guys back? And that's what this is going to be about. And by the way, at the same time, if they find a way to win this game tonight, whether it's P.J. Walker playing all four quarters or whether it is uh, Baker Mayfield taking over and leading them back, if they find a way to win this game, one game back, one game back in a very bizarre NFC South. Uh, A lot more NFL to talk through the course of the show. Again, Ian Rappaport, NFL Network Insider, is going to join us. So is Viking Safety. Harrison Smith. Uh, we'll talk more about Mike McCarthy, that big Cowboys-Packers game. Big at least for the for the Cowboys and for the Packers just to try to stay I'm worried, semi-relevant. Man. You're worried about the Cowboys in this game? Yeah, you know how just sometimes a team will have your number no matter what your record is. You kind of have to throw it out. I kind of have that feeling with Aaron and Green Bay, man. I just, nothing but bad memories. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a little worried. That's true. There have been, I was at the, the Des Cotic game. There have, been, there have been a few Cowboys games there through the years that could give you some, yeah, some so. PTSD. But from watching the Packers, this is not 
This is not the Packers we've seen. Yeah, for sure. It's but not it, the quarterback we've seen. You know, we know any given Sunday is a real thing. So. Well, and if, and if they're ever going to make a run, this is, this is where it has to start. Yeah. It needs to start now or you are going to be so buried. I mean, they're already, what, four games back in the division? Three or four, yeah. Yeah, it's already, you're in a very difficult spot here. But we'll talk a lot more uh, about that. You can also give us a call, 844-204-RICH. A lot more to come here on the Rich Eisen Show. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Tom Pellicero in for Rich Eisen today. Uh, something we wanted to get to because mainly Brockman has just been peppering me with questions. Most of them football, are inappropriate. Injuries, <laughs> a variety of things we can't do on TV. Yeah, but, stuff you can't talk about. But we, we discussed it, all right? You guys have questions. There's a lot going on in the NFL a lot in particular. Going on in the NFL. Uh, but, but bring it on. All, all walks of life. What I want to do right now is just ask me anything, all right? Instead of ask Jeeves, ask Tom. Ask, ask me anything, okay. and, I, and I'll answer. Whatever, whatever you got. Where do we uh, want to start here? Here we go. What? 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 What can you tell us, Tom? What's going on? What's going on yourself? <laughs> great. High level of production. High quality of production. Hey, what can put... you tell us, Tom? That's the name of the segment. Brockman. What, what can you tell us? Bring it on. Tom, I mean, Tom, nominated for a reason, Tom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, first up, first up. Number 12 in Green Bay has not looked good. He's not always good. He's got the weird hair. He's got the tattoo. He looks disinterested sometimes. He's throwing the young guys under the bus seemingly. And then he'll say some stuff on Pat's show. And then he meets the media on Wednesday and he has to explain what he said on Pat. Is this going to be his last season? Is he really going to retire? Is he thinking about it? What do you know about Aaron Rodgers playing future? He's got 60 million fully guaranteed reasons to not retire after this season. That's the money he's due in 2023 on what was in essence a two-year deal. Now, to the extent that what you're saying, he doesn't look like Aaron Rodgers on the field. A big part of that, from what I've understood, is just the the lack of trust with the wide receivers. He's not trusting to throw the ball down the field. When he does throw down the, f- the ball down the field, he's not hitting. He's missing those throws. He's missing some layups. The throw to Bakhtiari in the end zone on that play, Bakhtiari is wide open. It's a tackle-eligible play. And he throws it five yards short. It's just, it's not anything that we've seen in the past from Aaron Rodgers. Now, you know, how much of that is he loses Devontae Adams? That's a big part of it. That was his safety blanket in that offense. Very first snap of this season, I was there in Minnesota at that game, is a deep shot to Christian Watson, who they traded up to get in the second round out of North Dakota State. He hits him in the hands. Watson's won there up by three yards. Hits him in the hands. Bounces off his hands. Two plays after that, third down, same sequence. Throws to Romeo Dobbs, their other drafted wide receiver. 
Dobbs runs an in, Rodgers throws the out. And hands on hips, you could see right. the frustration, and that set the tone for everything. That's not something you can't come back from, but it set the tone for everything that's happened since then. They've become a team that offensively has to go through the running backs. And that is not ideal when you're paying a quarterback mm-hmm. as much money as they're paying Aaron Rodgers. To win in the NFL, you need your best players to play their best. Aaron Rodgers has not played his best. And if he's going to be paid that much money, you don't want to be in a situation where, well, for us to have a chance to win this game, we better ride Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Even though they're fantastic players. And Aaron Jones has probably been the best offensive player for the Packers this season. That is an unenviable spot to be in for a coach, for an organization that... I mean, frankly, they drafted Jordan Love a few years ago, and that was kind of, we're setting it up. We know Aaron's going to be gone. When you pay him like they did, you're saying, okay, we believe he's got this much left. And, and it makes sense. He won the MVP the last two years. Mm-hmm. For him to drop off, even though there are other factors, this is not all Aaron Rodgers, for him to drop off that much, it raises a lot of questions. But one thing we do know is $60 million fully guaranteed next year. Is he walking away from that? I don't take anything off the table with Aaron Rodgers. No, but unlikely, right? And as you mentioned yesterday, he's basically untradeable as well. He's, he's untradeable because that's $60 million fully guaranteed next year right. that a team would have to absorb unless, you know, obviously you could rework things, but I would doubt that he's taking less money Can to the go Colts and play go someplace seven else. for seven, a seventh different starter and trade for Rodgers? I mean, it would fit. <laughs> I, I just don't know that anybody's looking at Aaron Rodgers and what he's doing right now and saying, we feel confident bringing this guy in and paying him a boatload of money. Right. Yeah. So that that's a huge part of what's what's been going on in Green Bay. All right, let's go to the other number 12. He's playing in uh, Germany on Sunday. Uh, Tom Brady, what's his playing future? Is this it for Tom? Is this his last year? Uh, certainly he hasn't looked great either. We know he's got all the personal issues. They're seemingly in the clear now. Um, what do you expect from Tom Brady? Does he play beyond this season? The thinking going into the season was this was Tom Brady's last year. But we've seen him change his mind. We've seen him pivot in the past. He always talked about playing until 45. That's what he is now. He was retired for how many days? Like, like 40. Was it even that much? Mm-hmm. It was like 23. Mm-hmm. It was somewhere much. around there. It wasn't, wasn't much. Wasn't, about a month. Wasn't a long retirement. Yeah. And they are immediately recruiting him to come back. Again, it's it's going to come down to where does he want to go? He's a free agent after the season. He restructured, but unlike last year when he was tied to the Bucks, he can go wherever he wants this time around. They could franchise tag him, but that's unlikely. Uh, he would have the he'd be in the clear. So he, he's got a lot to think about. To the extent that last year he may have been thinking about his marriage and family, that dynamic has certainly shifted as we go beyond here, but. Let's see what he looks like in the second half of the season. I know this, that last drive against the Rams, that looked like Tom Brady. Looked good. And the guy on the podium looked like the weight of the world had come off oh, his shoulders right? <laughs> after the game. If that's the guy, and they figure out a way to make a run here, I put nothing past him in terms of what he might want to do in 2023. To return to Tampa, or could you see him playing elsewhere, and who would take him? I mean, it's, it's a great question. Depends what he looks like in the second half of the season. I mean, he's still functioning... Again, that final drive, that's that's how Tom Brady's still playing at 45, is he can stand in there and distribute the football, and he doesn't have to move that much. He's never been a great athlete for the position. Right. But he can stand in there. He can still diagnose the defense. He can still get the ball where it needs to go and run efficiently. Does he think he can do that for 17 more games? There are, put it this way. Let's name some of the quarterbacks who are going to be starting games this weekend. P.J. Walker is starting tonight for the Panthers. Uh, Case Keenum. Maybe starting a game. Sam Ellinger is a starting quarterback in the NFL right now. 
Taylor Heineke is starting. I'm sure I'm missing some others, but there's Kenny. Well, Kenny Pickens was a first round pick. Get out of my ear, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of quarterbacks here. <laughs> Dave, I mean, Davis Mills. Davis Mills. Okay, there's it's a lot. Not of, bad, but there's a lot of situations yeah. that are highly unsettled. Where Andy you Dalton go, starting? Put yeah, Andy Dalton. They don't have a who's what's their starting quarterback? James Winston signed through next season. What's the what are the Saints doing? And and that was a spot where there was some thinking that Brady could have ended up with the Saints back when he was leaving New England. He had some conversations that suggested that at the time. So there's there will be an opportunity out there. And he's not playing for that much money right now. We talk about Aaron Rodgers making sixty million. Brady's contract was complicated because they gave him a big lump payout last year, but I think he's on the books for like twenty million this year. A lot of money to us. He's always been the biggest bargain in sports, though, really. But he got paid last year. He made, I want to say, like $44 million last year. So that's, that's upper echelon money. Yeah, that's but this true. year he's back to making you know, $20 million. So where's the spot? Is it Las Vegas? Is it a reunion with Josh McDaniels to take one more shot? Derek Carr signed an extension, but there's not future guarantees on it. Not saying that's the direction it's going to go, but I, I think you take nothing off the table. It's Tom Brady. Could it be tied to where maybe Sean Payton lands? Because, you know, that was kind of the Miami rumor. If he goes to Carolina, maybe. Sean Payton, I don't know, wants to go into a situation where he does not have a quarterback. I don't think he wants to start from scratch and kind of figure it out for a couple of years. There's plenty of speculation about where he potentially could end up within the league, but a lot of it's tied to where are the quarterbacks, where are the best young quarterbacks we're going to grow with. One more run with Brady while you develop somebody or buy time until you draft somebody. That's assuming Tom plays maybe two more years. That's still 47, which is kind of crazy to think about. I mean, it's all crazy to think about. Yeah. We, we got so accustomed to what Tom Brady's been doing that you lose sight of the fact that nobody played to this age. Nobody played to Aaron Rodgers' age. For years and years, 38 was the magic number. If you look through Hall of Famers, almost every Hall of Famer walked at age 37 or 38 for years. And that was just kind of time. Then all of a sudden, Tom is winning a Super Bowl at 43, and you're like, oh, well, why can't, why can't Matt Ryan keep playing at a high level? Why can't Russell Wilson keep playing at a high level? Why can't Tom Brady do this forever? At some point, you do run out of time. At some point, even Tom Brady will age himself out of this. I don't know that it's happened, again, based solely on the end of that game last week, but does he have another eight, nine games, however many they have left in him to play at that level? Like, We'll find out. Hey, you mentioned Sean Payton, so what's on the table for him? Do you see him coming back, and then what type of compensation? Because the Saints do hold his rights for next year. Well, and that's part of the, the complication here with Sean Payton is the Saints would have to work out a trade. When the Dolphins called him last year, it was a very brief conversation. It was, no, we're not interested in doing that. No, he had just retired. He'd retired a couple of weeks before or whatever it was. Um, it was very recent. I think that there's a fair argument to be made that the price for a team like the Panthers is going to be a lot higher than somebody in the AFC, somebody at least not in the division. Uh, He will have opportunities. There's no question about it. He's going to have to decide, is the right fit there? You know, the one thing you don't want to do is jump back into the wrong spot. There is definitely a value from talking to coaches through the years in taking a year away and doing something different and taking a breath. And Sean was very upfront about that. And people who knew him said he he just, he needed, he needed that break. You know, how fully rejuvenated is he for 2023? Is that right job open? He's not going to go to 
I mean, name name the worst spot you can think of. Washington, if they make a change, he's not going to go there. It's just not going to happen. But we know there's already two openings, and we know traditionally there's anywhere from six to eight every offseason. So who are that? Last year four, there was ten. Who are the four to six other seven other spots you might see opening up? There's nothing else that's on the brink right now. I think that's the thing. I think that you can fairly go down the list of what teams are not playing at the highest level right now. Does Arizona make a change so they don't turn things around? They just extended Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime for the long haul. But, you know, if, if they stumble here, Washington is certainly one that I don't know who would be making the change. That's the reason that we're not talking about that really right now. And, and Ron, again, Ron has had to deal with so much. So much. I got a yeah. text from somebody Ooh. while we were in the last break because oh. I asked basically what was said in that meeting this morning. The, state, the dueling statements last week, one of which was using – Brian Robinson is a human shield for whatever uh, is going to happen to the commanders at this press conference with the attorney general of Washington, D.C., which is coming up in 23 minutes. What I was told was that he had to explain the statements, then said they got to focus on working together with the people in the room. Huge game this Monday. They're facing the unbeaten Eagles Monster on Monday. Game. Division game. And need to lock in. And then if any players had any issues or wanted to talk to him, to come and speak to him about it. Just imagine that. And this is not like an isolated... One time thing. This is every day, every week, and you don't know what you're going to wake up and find. And there's no other place like it. We talked about this yesterday. Dallas, you've got Jerry and Steven. They go on the radio and they say stuff. But most of it's just Jerry using a bunch of strange metaphors you've never heard. <laughs> and then you Google and go, is this an Arkansas thing? Is this just a Jerry thing? The oil Did he thing, just like... come up with this? Like, what, what is he even talking about here? This it's it's fun. It doesn't, it's not there always helpful. When they've been, when they struggled, right, last year, and he was being asked questions about potential coaching changes and things like that. And, you know, a lot of the answers he gave left the door open for potential changes, whether he was talking positively about Sean Payton, talking positively about Dan Quinn, whatever. That's not helpful. Yeah. But it's not this. It's not complete, all over the place, non football stuff that you're dealing with. And you mentioned Ron Rivera. On top of the other stuff he's been dealing with, the guy is a cancer survivor. His mother just passed away last week. Like This guy's got so much on his plate and then have to deal with all this other crap that's out of his control, non-football stuff, so to speak. And and there's there's really something to be said for when you're in the league and you get the reputation that you're incompetent or that you're always going to make the wrong decisions, it is hard to get past that. Nathaniel Hackett has felt that this year in Denver where one decision... Granted, an unorthodox one, and one that Hackett probably wishes he had back. But (laughs) running the clock down and trying to kick that field goal. If that happens in a 1 p.m. Eastern time game, if it's not on national TV, we're not talking about it. If it's not in the opener, it's still just kind of this strange thing that happened. It was the very first game for Nathaniel Hackett. And broad swaths of people in the media and fans and on social media all decided this guy's a failure. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. One game. It's one game. It also didn't help that it was Russ going back to Seattle. There was was so much more going on there. There was so much that went into that game. And then what happens? Three of their next five games also on national TV. So now you are fighting uphill on the perception that you're incompetent, even though every first-year head coach has bumps in the road. And he's trying to figure out an offense. He's trying to be the play caller while learning all the duties of the job. The Broncos go out and they hire a game management guy and make a big show of that. Hackett, I've known Hackett for for quite a while. He's a really intelligent guy. He, He has a natural feel for people. He wants to do good. Aaron Rodgers 
and him had a tight bond. Don't overlook that when we're talking about Aaron Rodgers struggling. Matt LaFleur is a really, really good head coach. Hackett was a guy who connected with Aaron. And that's a hard thing to do because Aaron doesn't trust many people. When, when Hackett was up for the Falcons job two years ago, Rodgers called the Falcons, said, hire this guy. He's that good. I don't want to lose him, but that's how good this guy is. One game. Can't do it. And you've got radio hosts who may or may not be getting calls from a player's agent going on there and got to fire him now. Get rid of him. One game. The Broncos spent three weeks flying around the country with a contingent of like 10 people, interviewed everybody, came to the conclusion, this is the guy. One game. Gone. Failure. Get rid of him. Like, that's a hard spot. Yeah. So what's up? Is that it? (laughs) It's... If, if my show yesterday here were that bad, I, I might have been replaced. Let's be honest here. But first time doing the show, it'd be slightly unfair. We gave you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. You know? the, the grades were fine overall. Last said, one. We would give you, now yeah. we did give last you. Last one, and we can carry this over uh, into the next segment. Speaking of hot seats, AFC West, how hot is the seat on Josh McDaniels? I don't believe that it's a hot seat for Josh McDaniels. Right now, I don't think that it's up to anybody's expectations how things have gone this season. But when he got hired, this was always my concern for the program, which was this is not Josh taking over a bad team. This is not him rebuilding. He took over a playoff team and it's a playoff team with a bunch of veteran dudes and big personalities. And knowing Josh's history, and he learned a lot from what happened in Denver, but naturally when you come from New England and you come into a place that was under the John Gruden regime, which runs things completely differently, and there are just just unique elements of, of a Gruden type of a staff, there were a lot of people from still the Al Davis days who were still in the building, who were used to doing things one way for a long time. When you come in and just say, we're going to do things differently, our schedule is going to be different, we're going to practice differently, our scheme's going to change, you need to show instant results. And that's without even saying, we traded for Devontae Adams. Right. We signed Chandler Jones. We're going for it. Everybody gets extensions. Max Crosby and Derek Carr and Hunter Renfro. Everybody gets paid. When it doesn't go well, now you have to try to figure out how do we keep this thing together? How do we keep the locker room in the right place here and build? It just, knowing that he was going to make substantive changes, it was going to be hard for him. And that's why they needed to start fast this season. They did not. Is that uh, sucking? Is that going to lead? I love that one. Is that going <laughs> to Jay's lead to fan. not anymore? Is is that going to lead to Mark Davis, who this was his big score? This was the biggest move. He, I mean, obviously Gruden was a massive one too, but this was his big move. We're luring the guy who wouldn't take. He turned down all these other jobs. He backed out on Indy. We're getting Josh McDaniels in here. Is that going to cause Mark to pivot after one year? When you really had a two-year plan, if you look at how they did all those contracts, we're going to try to win these two years with this core. They didn't blow it up at the deadline. That should tell you a lot. If these guys thought we are going to have to blow this up and we might get fired, you would tear it down in order to say, all right, we're now going to build toward the future. We're going to pivot. They didn't do that. They didn't trade Darren Waller. They didn't trade Max Crosby. So we'll see over the next eight weeks. It's going to be one of the interesting situations to watch, but... No, I have no reason to believe at this time 
that Josh McDaniels is on the hot seat. All right, this is for me and TJ, and then we can go to break. Is Darren Waller ever going to play again? Uh, I just got him. This season? I, I also have him in fantasy football. <laughs> yeah, so all four of us, too. <laughs> so you can imagine. So on Sunday mornings, I, I have you know various uh, alerts set up in my Google Calendar, and I have one at like 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern, for change your fantasy line yeah, it's inactives. after the inactives i'm right. standing on the sideline literally like delivering the port reports there are times i report something and i forget to pick the guy up <laughs> i forget to bench somebody they'll be like oh man i can't believe i forgot that but yeah it's been three weeks in a row of moving Derek waller oh no and then like trying my to other, pick someone last week like, it was yeah last week or was it last week or two weeks ago where it was uh, i was like all right my other times evan ingram no he played the london game right. i can't get him in the lineup and then so I had to pick Moreau, up. Just like, I had to hey. cut somebody else yeah. and pick up. I don't oh, even remember been that way for a month now. Who it so. was? Yeah, I mean, he's getting closer. He's closer than he's been. There was there was definitely. I mean, they had offers for Darren Waller. Green One Bay, in particular right? from Green the, Bay. Yeah. Yes, and Green Bay had been trying to get him. They wanted Waller in the Devontae Adams deal back in the spring. Instead of they ended up getting a first and a second for Devontae Adams, they wanted it to be a pick plus Devontae Adams or plus Darren Waller mm. for Devontae Adams. You're not even allowed to do that. Because Adams was a franchise player, and you're not allowed to have a player in a trade for a franchise player. Oh, but you could have done two separate trades. They didn't get them then. They kept trying throughout the past couple of months here. Didn't end up working out. So Darren Waller stays in Las Vegas. He's a big piece, you would hope, and they of that re- offense. And they gave him an extension. They gave him an extension. They gave him about a $4 million raise this year, something like that. They envision him being a playmaker for them, and uh, they need playmakers right now. Speaking of needing playmakers, Aaron Rodgers could use uh, some playmakers as well. Let's talk about him, that Packers-Cowboys game, Mike McCarthy's return. A lot more from around the NFL after this. Aaron Rodgers welcomes his old coach, Mike McCarthy, back to Lambeau Field this week. It has been uh, interesting to see some of the comments by both McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers leading up to this game on Sunday. Let's play right now. A little bit of what Mike McCarthy had to say about uh, going back to Green Bay. Green Bay wasn't just a place you coached. It's very much you know where you lived. And Jessica, a special place for her, for your kids. What about the area do you and as a family, as a unit, miss? No, this is you guys trying to make me cry. <laughs> what is it? Individually, Once you ask me. Question about 12 personnel or something. He's like, what the? What the? Hey, God, I'm good, yeah. What, as an individual, as a family, as a unit, what, what about Green Bay? Do you guys miss most? Would I miss most? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Um, I think it's like anything. The people. And um, that's why I think it's been such a great transition for our family. Because our, our kids, um, you know, were obviously born there, raised there. But to come here in this experience, because I mean, I mean, a lifestyle in Dallas, Texas is incredible. I mean, this has been an incredible, incredible opportunity for us as a family. But, you know, uh, Jessica was born there. Kids were born there. <laughs> so people, Mr. People. That's that's the Mike McCarthy that uh, I've come to know right there. He doesn't doesn't lower the shield a whole lot, although he's certainly a lot looser this year in Dallas uh, with how they're winning. But, uh, you know, the same thing when I interviewed him during his year away and he was still living in Green Bay, like his his feelings and how attached his family is to Green Bay uh, is, is a big deal to him. And there was a lot said about the McCarthy Aaron Rodgers relationship, particularly in the final couple of years he was there. Let's hear what uh, what Aaron Rodgers had to say yesterday as well. 
We've always kind of been in touch a little bit more, I'd say the last year or so. Um, you know, I think as time goes by, the gratitude for that time as you look back on the journey of your career is, uh, you know, goes up a little bit. And you appreciate the little things a little bit more uh, because really this game and life is about the journey and uh, I'll always be, uh, be tied with him uh, because of the connection that we had and the years we spent together. Uh, obviously my longest tenured coach, longest tenured play caller. Um, thankful for those years and thankful maybe a little bit more as uh, the, the years go by. There's a lot of relationships that after, I think it was 13 years, can just reach a certain point and maybe it's good to get a fresh start and move forward here. But that that is that is genuine affection from Aaron Rodgers, who, if you remember, went on a radio show uh, a couple of weeks after Mike got fired and basically implored Packers fans when they see him around town because he was still living there to treat him well and to say thank you. All right, there, were, there was definitely a dynamic and Aaron's always been somebody who... You know, he he wants things to be a certain way, and he is very strong-willed. But they, they had such a close bond when Aaron was a young man and learning about life here. This is not what it was portrayed to be. It just, it simply wasn't. And so if Mike McCarthy is trying to beat anyone, and I'm sure on some level you don't want to lose to Aaron, yeah. but if he's trying to beat anyone, it's the Packers organization. It's the way that Mike was let go. It's being called into an office by Mark Murphy minutes after a loss and doing your press conference and being told we're moving on. He won a Super Bowl there. He took him to the playoffs practically every year. He was on the doorstep of multiple other Super Bowls. And if Aaron didn't have a, a hurt calf in Seattle, maybe a 16 nothing lead doesn't get away from him and they go back and they win another one. It's just not the Mike versus Aaron show. I guarantee you this, though. If Mike gets a win, if the Cowboys get a win on Sunday – He's going to feel pretty good about sticking it to certain people <laughs> oh, yeah. in the highest offices in Green Bay. No doubt. A lot more to come on the show around the NFL. That Commander's uh, press conference coming up. Ian Rappaport joins as well on this Rich Eisen Show edition.